and welcome to Rewire with Duchess Dale. Whether you're a baby boomer or a baby zoomer, a millennial or an elder ally, enjoying retirement or planning ahead, this podcast provides tips and information that turn into inspiration for living your best life. And now, here's our host, Duchess. Love is in the air. (laughs) And that's because today is February 14th, traditionally known as Valentine's Day. I don't know about you. I am one who always wears the appropriate colors for the appropriate holidays. I know that as an Irish person, if you're not wearing green on St. Patrick's Day, you get pinched. I don't know if that's true if you're not wearing pink or red on Valentine's Day. However, you're just going to have to take me at my word that I am appropriately dressed in all the right colors, even though Valentine's Day is not one of my favorite holidays. I think that's because mostly it's celebrated in pure commercialism with flowers and chocolates and more chocolates, which is not a bad thing in and of itself, but it's also filled with expectations about what should happen on Valentine's Day. For some people, they don't have a special Valentine to gift and to share the celebration. Maybe that's why it's also National Ferris Wheel Day, because sometimes that's what love can feel like, is a Ferris wheel. I liked Valentine's better when I was a kid and Everyone in the class got a valentine. It didn't matter if you had a crush on someone or they had a crush on you. There was always at least one sweet little paper valentine in a white envelope awaiting you on your desk on February 14th. That's something that we could all strive for. Thinking about giving a valentine to someone you care about, probably these days it's a text or an email, and giving yourself something special that's just for you. Now, a valentine you can give yourself that won't actually happen until February 22nd is that the Aging and Long-Term Services Department is really excited to announce that they are going to broadcast the Dan Buettner Blue Zone event that took place last month at the Roundhouse in Santa Fe. Not everybody was able to be there. However, the goal for the Blue Zone Initiative here in New Mexico is for us to become the first Blue Zone state in the nation. The broadcast of this special event will be on Facebook and YouTube February 22nd at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That means it's available to not only residents of New Mexico, but family, friends, other people that you care about that you want to inspire to the Blue Zone Initiative for better health. Maybe today, instead of thinking about wearing pink or red, think blue this Valentine's. Because taking care of your health, your heart, is the Valentine gift that keeps on giving. Continuing with our theme of Love Rewired about the different ways that love can be experienced and expressed. I am tickled pink. (laughs) I couldn't resist. I am tickled pink that my next two guests are perfect examples of a living Valentine. I don't want to tip my hand about this wonderful couple. Instead, I'm just going to get right into our time together. Today on the show, we have two special guests. 
I don't want to say too much about them because their story is unique and interesting and absolutely perfect for today, Valentine's Day. I would like to introduce Joanne Brown and Rod Gwynn. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself, some of your background? Since I'm starting, grew up mostly in Albuquerque, went to the University of New Mexico, graduated with a degree in English and math, which I proceeded not to use at all, and worked for the next 11 years as a professional musician, playing in bars and nightclubs and places you wouldn't want to go after dark. and. <laughs> Occasionally in concert halls and recording studios and giving music lessons and things like that. Then I decided to change careers, learned how to tie a tie and went off to graduate school and spent the next 20 years in Boston as a banker, then moved back to Albuquerque for various reasons, some family related, and then affiliated myself with an investment bank on the West Coast and spent the next 16 years traveling the country, raising money for restaurant companies as an investment banker and independent advisor and board member. Finally retired from all of that in 2021. And each one of those is due its own bottle of wine for a fuller story, but that'll... <laughs> have to suffice for the, the professional side. During that time in the mid 80s, I was married, got married. It was a success that lasted 37 years. The last few years I was a caregiver as my wife developed cancer and ultimately succumbed to it. Hmm. That was the end of what had been a, a very successful partnership. I went through stretch afterwards where I thought I was going to be alone probably for the rest of my life. I got two dogs so that I wouldn't be talking to the walls and furniture too long. Then we get up to what I gather is going to be part two of your question. And maybe I ought to stop at that point and let you hear a little bit about Joanne. I think that's a good idea, Rod. Listeners get to know each of you before we know both of you. You rewired a lot professionally. I'm very intrigued by that. Now I'm eager to hear from Joanne. Hey, I've rewired a lot over my lifetime. I'm 73 years old now. I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, went to college and also majored in English. We have that in common. At Boston University, went on to graduate school in social work in Boston, practiced for about 12 years and then decided by the way, we're both Geminis, so we move around a lot, and <laughs> the birthdays are just four days apart. I decided that I wanted to do something different and moved to the Bay Area, California, where I went to business school, got an MBA, and went into a career in public relations communications, business communications, worked for a while in public relations agencies, but decided that I really wanted to go it alone because I'm just much more comfortable being my own boss and created my own business in corporate communications. Worked in that area for about 25 years plus. Had a lot of high-tech clients, did a lot of writing, a lot of speech writing. I've been writing since I was five years old, but corporate writing is a lot different than what I do now. When I retired, 
somewhere around 62 or so. What I've been doing since is uh, offering writing workshops. For the last four years, I've been offering these workshops to cancer patients and survivors, of which I was one, diagnosed about five years ago with breast cancer, but had a very successful outcome. I'm healthy and cancer-free, but decided that I wanted to offer these workshops for cancer patients. I just thought that was something I could do and I could pay it forward. I've been doing that and writing poetry for the last eight to 10 years and working on it, working hard on it and getting published and working on a collection right now and that I hope will get out and that's what I've been up to. Oh, oh, gee, just a few things. <laughs> and I should say that I was married for 19 years in the late 80s. Neither of us have had children. That's another thing we have in common. Got divorced and were single for about 18 years until I met Rod. And then I'll stop there so we can get into the relationship. I'm fascinated by both of your stories and the places where they match, where you had common ground. And you don't need kids if you're both Geminis, because there's already four of you plus two dogs. Bingo. That's, that's a household. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> First of all, congratulations on being a survivor. And I love what you're doing. I think it's a very wonderful thing to be able to pay it forward and do things with that. And an amazing background. For each of you individually, right there, it would probably be its own episode because you both have careers of such variety that I could interview each of you individually. However, as I said, since this episode is airing on Valentine's Day, which is typically a day of romance, and my theme this month is Love Rewired, how we find love in different ways, in different places, with different people. And I believe the two of you have a story to tell how you got together. Indeed, we do. After my wife died, with the urging of a couple of very, very good friends who took my interests to heart, they said, you need to go talk to somebody. I was talking to them a lot, but they meant I needed somebody dispassionate. I spent more than a year, I guess, talking to a grief counselor. I was lucky and found a good one on the first try. At least we meshed. It worked fine for me. At some point during that process, I walked into her office one day and said, your role is changing. You're no longer my grief counselor. She said, oh, yeah, you're my relationship coach. <laughs> I've decided I need to meet somebody again. I told her the same thing that I'll tell you. I had decided against all better judgment on my part as a then 69-year-old, I decided I'm going to sign up on a dating site. Oh, my. I tend to research everything, so I researched a little bit, found a site that seemed to cater more to older folks, signed up to it. Lo and behold, I met Joanne on there. This is where if I had the luxury of some Hollywood sound effects and studios, I would have this great sound happening here with some violins. Because first of all, to hear about an older person choosing a dating site right there is interesting. Then, lo and behold, I met Joanne. Do, 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 do. I want strings and roses and violins here. Exactly. So, please continue because now this is very exciting. Sure. <laughs> we met at an outdoor cafe in Santa Fe, had lunch. The exchange was kind of funny because at first she was going on vacation 
we had to find a time several weeks out when she'd be back from vacation to actually meet. As we were discussing this, we chose a place that she liked. I got there and she said, are you an adventurous eater? I said, yes. She ordered everything on the menu because it was a place she was familiar with. We sat and talked for two plus hours parted ways because I had to get back to Albuquerque to tend to the all important dogs, agreed to meet again when we could figure out a time. That time was about three weeks later. We spent about five hours talking that time. One thing led to another. By the end of our third date, I had decided I was really interested in her and I hoped that she was in me. She agreed and it wasn't very much longer before we were exclusive. We got to January 1st of 2023, had a conversation about how we wanted to spend more time together and agreed at that point to get married. Ooh, agreed to get married. I'm not hearing a down on one knee proposal kind of thing. This was two adults deciding we like each other enough. Let's do this. That's right. You'll find as we go through this, we talk about most everything a lot, and we tend to come to agreement on the things that we're going to do, rather than one of us trying to surprise the other too much, although we each do little surprises. It sounds so grown up, such an adult (laughs) thing. (laughs) Let's discuss this. How do you feel? How do you feel? Yes, let's do this. I love that. That's my side of the story. And you should hear Joanne's because she may have a slightly different take on that. Whenever someone asks how my husband and I met, we have different stories. So I do understand. So you knew pretty quickly from the communication that there was something worth taking to the next step. Yeah. I had set out by telling my counselor, I want to find somebody that I can go to lunch with and have an intelligent conversation once in a while because the dogs don't respond much. (laughs) So that was my not very lofty goal. I have exceeded that goal. It sounds like that. Thank you, Rod. Joanne, take it away. (laughs) (laughs) Having been a single person for about 18 years, I did a lot of online dating, much more than Rod. I think he was online for three days before we met (laughs) I had years of searching around and dating different people and a few relationships that didn't turn into anything very lasting. After the pandemic wound down a little bit, even though it's still with us, I was feeling lonely and I thought, I'm going to give this one more try. One more try. I was 71 and I have a pretty good life. Another way that I had rewired was I had moved to New Mexico from the Bay Area So I had been in Santa Fe for about six years. I had good friends and a good life and was busy and doing the things I really loved to do, but I was missing the relationship part. I thought, I'm going to do this one more time. I'm going to give it three months, and if nothing turns up, I'm just going to shut it down and I'll go on with my life. I actually did not, I think, have my full heart and soul into this particular round of of dating. (laughs) I just didn't pay that much attention to it. In three months, I didn't meet a soul. I didn't see anyone that was interesting to me. I didn't go out. And I was getting three months uh, went by, and I was getting ready to shut it all down. And Rod popped up. (laughs) 
<laughs> right before I was leaving for a trip. This is where I would have that cinematic noise come in again. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, as he said, we met at a, this wonderful little Venezuelan restaurant that I loved. And we didn't have much communication prior to meeting. We had a few emails in which we found out that we had a lot in common. We had both lived in Boston. Rod lived there for 20 years. I lived there for 16 years, not at the same time. And when we met, we had a great time. We just talked and talked and continued for <laughs> six months. It wasn't just that we had a discussion. What it was was a sit down to say, we want to spend the rest of our lives with each other. So how do we do that? Mm. And that was where the let's get married because marriage just felt like something important to us. There are a lot of people for whom that's not, you can be partners without being married and it works for a lot of people. We just felt like it would be a way of being wholly committed to each other and having the rest of the world bear witness to that. That's so romantic. It was romantic. It's still very mature and it's very romantic and that's wonderful. Let me jump in. Part of the reason that we wanted to make this commitment in public, if you will, we both have this interesting situation of having very small biological family connection, but a very large and supportive extended family that we've built over the years and extended is I'll say adopted family because <laughs> none of them are genetic relationships. They're the people with whom we've chosen to share our lives. Joanne can tell you about friends that she's had since junior high school who she's still in regular contact with. Mine don't reach back quite that far, but they reach back many, many years in some cases. And they're the most important people in our lives. We wanted to share this with them because they were a big part of our support and sort of our applause, if you will, as we were meeting each other and finding out about this wonderful person we wanted to share our life with. It was important to us to turn around and give that back to them and thank them. When we decided to get married, we gave ourselves six months to plan the wedding and to share this information with all of our family of friends. So we planned to have a June wedding. It wasn't really like we had to have it in June, but it was six months <laughs> from when we had decided to be married. Do you, do you want to hear about the wedding? I'd love to hear a little bit about the wedding. You have my interest peaked. I realize it was only six months, but it's also your Gemini. So was the wedding around either of your birthdays? Oh, you chose a question very well. Yes. The two birthdays bracket the wedding. The wedding was halfway between the two birthdays so that we could share it equally. From now on, June is a celebration month for right. us. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'll drink to that. So tell me a little bit more, Joanne. I have a birthday on June 2nd. Rod has a birthday on June 6th. And we chose June 4th as our wedding day. We were 71 and 73. We've had long lives and we're Geminis. So we're not really, <laughs> really traditional people. We don't do things in boxes or in molds. We actually had a pre-wedding honeymoon. In March, we went to Hawaii and had a wonderful time with our friends, one of whom was a pastor who I am just, just as a great friend of mine back in the Bay Area. And we spent some time in Hawaii with her and her husband and did some wedding planning. She was our officiant. We got married at 
our home here in Albuquerque. We didn't want to necessarily have a very traditional wedding. So, but we, what we did want was we wanted great food because we're both foodies. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted great music and we wanted a small group. We invited 50 people of mostly friends some and family. Most of our friends are about our age. We had a niece and a nephew and a, a couple of younger people because we grew up in the 50s and we're both really music people. And we love Motown because it was big in the 50s and 60s. So we have a stairway that kind of curves down in our house from the second floor to the first. We had 50 chairs set up. We moved all the living room furniture out. And and I came down the steps to go into the chapel. I'm hearing it play as you say that. I love that. And not only did she come down the stairway to that, but thanks to our officiant, who was not only in on the game, but supportive of everything we were trying to do, she invited everybody to stand up and sing. Oh, all of this is so important in terms of what I talk about rewiring, because what I'm hearing from the two of you is taking your authentic selves, who you are today, or six months ago, <laughs> who you are. And it's got an importance to all of us, but it also has a typical response. And instead, you did what you wanted to do for each other. And you set an intention for your marriage with the yep. way that you handle the wedding. And I think that's romantic rewiring. So as I'm coming down the stairs, <laughs> everyone stood up. Everybody is singing with the song go into the chapel and clapping. And it, it set the tone for the whole day, for the whole wedding, for the ceremony, for what came after, because it was very participatory. It was just sweet. It was fun. We were all laughing. We were clapping. It was just wonderful. Then what we did was we built in more music. Rod had practiced two love songs to play for me on guitar. It was his first Time in 30 years. <laughs> I had written two love poems. So we had a wonderful meal outside in our backyard. And Rod and a good friend of Rod's played uh, instrumentals, did the Beatles song, And I Love Her, the Elvis Presley song, Can't Help Falling in Love with You. Mm -hmm. Between those two songs, I read one poem and then another of my love poems to Rod. Then after, we have another couple of friends who are musicians, and they play and they sing, and they got on the stage, so to speak, in our living room and played wonderful music, and we just had a blast. We had such a great time. Were the dogs the ring bearers? The, the dogs were banished to a, a neighbor's house. It would have been too much stress. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. How did you decide to rewire your livingness, your couplehood, uh, if that is such a word, to Albuquerque? Before we get to that, I just wanted to say that the feedback that we got on the wedding from so many people, even including the younger ones, but mostly the people who are our age, was that it was the best wedding they'd ever been to. People talked about being inspired, that we were coming together at this age, mm -hmm. uh, that we were so happy <laughs> and <laughs> creating these new lives for ourselves. They took it as kind of an inspiration, even if they had been married for decades to see this kind of newness coming up, this new love coming up at our age. I just wanted to get that in. 
I'm actually glad you did because I think that's a significant piece since this podcast is aimed for older adults. And sometimes I think whether they're widow or widowers or they think I can't or I'm too old or this or that, you've just dissolved all those disclaimers and rationales and said one can find love, one can find a partnership, whether it's a marriage partnership or not. And again, as I said earlier, who you are today, who you've become, because those 70 plus years have a wealth of wisdom and experience that found a way to express itself romantically in your coming together and in the wedding. Yep. Yes. Yep. You inspired your family and friends there. And I'm hoping this inspires some listeners for maybe I can too. I'll chime in and say that as I think back on that day, and we think back on it regularly, we really relish thinking about that day. As I think back on all the things that went into it, there were very few things where I could point to it and say, oh, that was Joanne's idea and we just did it. Or, oh, that was my idea and we just did it. A lot of it was, you know, what do you think about this? What if we did it this way? And it was it was a gradual forming of this idea at every turn. The forming was, is this going to make us feel good? Is this going to make our guests feel involved? What a great way to approach it again. That comes from the maturity. It obviously comes from the the love that you have for each other and respect that you clearly have for each other. And I think it's a great template that it makes it possible for people to think about relationship, romance, or partnership, or some aspect of that, even in the older years, that it doesn't stop. When you get your AARP card, it doesn't end there. That's right. <laughs> You're living together in Albuquerque. You're married. It's four months till your anniversary. Right. So what's next on your rewiring agenda? <laughs> we had so much fun at the wedding. We had so much fun planning it. You might say we're so mature because of our age, but we're very silly. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of our time. We have a lot of fun together. We decided to live in Albuquerque. We have a much bigger house here were the two of us and the two dogs. We decided together that I would keep the Santa Fe house. That's our second home. And we have a great time going up to Santa Fe. Culturally, there's so much happening there. We go up to Santa Fe, I'd say every few weeks. Mostly we're in Albuquerque. And we have our own things that we do. I do my workshops. I do my poetry writing. Rod is on the board of an organization. And spends a lot of time with the dogs and having fun is really important to us. Huh. We're spending a lot of time going to music things, eating out. We love to cook and we do a lot of cooking. We cook together most of the time. We're not always eating out, but we love food. So we're always are interested in that because we have this big extended family of friends and we have a house where we really love to have people over and we have good room for it. We love to hang out with people. And we decided that hanging out <laughs> really healthy and you don't have to make a big deal about it. We don't have to 
create a huge meal. We recently invited two other couples over and did a movie screening of one of the Oscar-nominated movies, The Holdovers. We made popcorn and guacamole and sat with our friends and watched a movie. And we do a lot of that kind of thing. We like being a part of the people who are a part of our lives. Mm. Mm -hmm. like sharing our lives. I just got back from a three-day fishing trip with three of my dear, dear friends. We do this three or four times a year. We each do have, as she said, several things on our own that we like to do. So it's not like we're in each other's hair all the time. I'd say another thing that we really love to do is we found that we love to travel. Mm -hmm. So as when we were dating, we actually did some travel together to the Bay Area to Boston. To Boston. Then after we decided to get married, as I said, we went to Hawaii. We are planning in a few weeks, we're going to be in Hawaii again with our wonderful friends, Pat and Sam. Pat, who married us and her husband. And then we have a trip planned to Scotland. Today. Oh, you need a Sherpa? Scotland's been on both of our bucket lists. Yeah. So we love to travel, and that's a big part of how we spend time. Yeah. It's wonderful to hear how, well, your story, how Providence kind of brought you together, et cetera, that it was the right timing and all of the things that you share in common. It's also wonderful to hear, as I say it, I call it maturity. And when I say maturity, I don't mean stuffy maturity because silly is to me is part of maturity. Because once you become mature, you realize that having fun and joy is an essential part of our livingness. You've tapped into that for each other and for your family and friends. That's what I think is really mature in terms of how you're now living your lives. We refer to it as our miracle Mm -hmm. uh, that we encountered each other technologically in this strange world that we live in. And we're able to turn that into a real and deep relationship. And at a point in life when most people seem to be either shedding relationships or shedding interests, we're really expanding our lives. You are. And that's why I feel you're an inspiration, because I think for most of us, I think the world has changed anyway. It's no longer a nine-to-five world because of technology. It's no longer you stay with a company 30-plus years and get a gold watch. The world is different, yet those of us in the baby boomer generation have that conditioning way back in our wiring. And so we get to rewire and see what's effective, what's successful, what's joyous now. How does it feel? How does it fit? How do we serve? How do we share? All those things. You, too, are a prime example of that. Before we wrap up, is there anything that you would like to share with listeners, knowing that there might be someone out there like you were before you met? Is there something that you'd like them to hear? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She thought you'd never ask. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody paid me to ask that. That came spontaneously. (laughs) Rod mentioned a miracle. And we do feel in many ways, and we joke about it, but it feels to us like a great surprise, a great joyful thing that's happened to us in these years that we did not expect to, to happen. So we're kind of in wonderment and surprise and joy every day. <laughs> we pretty much almost every day share how 
amazing this is. This is a miracle. How did this happen? We're so grateful. We're so grateful for it. I would also add to that that even though it's not something that we put on our daily chore list, we both invest in the relationship. We invest energy in reaching out to the other. We invest energy in listening to the other and just trying to make sure that we're there. One of the ways we do that is to try pretty often to sit down at the end of the day. We always have dinners together. We cook together and just say, how was your day? How did this day feel to you? How did your day go? What's on your mind? And what do you think? Penny for your thoughts, that sort of thing. Checking in with each other. Yeah. Again, that's an example of love and caring and maturity. I'm so eager to have people hear this, to give them permission, if you will, explore what's important for them, where they are, and maybe they're not ready. Maybe they have to find a relationship coach, or maybe they need to do some internal work to be able to decide what is it they want in these years ahead, that it's not over and it's never too late. Thank you both. I wish I had asked you to prepare a poem for today, but but (laughs) have a wonderful trip and happy Valentine's. Thank you. Thank you. And to you as well. When I finished the interview with Rodden and Joanne, I found myself humming an oldie but a goodie. I believe in miracles. I know they will appreciate that since they're such fans of music. That song was from 1975. I wonder if you all know the group that recorded it. Since this is a recorded podcast, there's no way to do a trivia contest. So I'm just going to tell you, I Believe in Miracles was recorded by the group Hot Chocolate. Is that perfect for Valentine's or what? (laughs) It was also very clear to me after listening to the interview again that Joanne and Rod are two people who are living out their respective love languages with each other. Now, a Valentine opportunity for all of us this weekend, Sunday, February 18th, one show only, is a live production of the play A World Beautiful. This multimedia event was conceived and created by Anna Yarrow. That name may sound familiar to you because Anna was a guest back in November when we were talking about caregivers. Anna is a professional photographer, a full-time student, a writer, and a professional caregiver. She was so inspired by the gentleman she cares for that she wrote this production. It is about a man very well known in New Mexico, particularly Los Alamos, the Mountaineer. This Sunday only, February 18th, The World Beautiful will be at the Sala Event Center in Los Alamos, S-A-L-A. Three o'clock matinee, tickets are $15, and if you're unable to attend in person, you can stream this production live along with the rest of the audience that's there for only $5. Please get your tickets at sala.losalamos.com, S-A-L-A dot L-O-S-A-L-A-M-O-S dot com. Don't hesitate to email me if you need further information or link information. You can send your Valentine to me at yourliferewired at gmail, three words, Y-O-U-R-L-I-F-E-R-E-W-I-R-E-D at gmail, as well as visit us on our podcast Facebook page, Rewire with Duchess Dale. 
Since today is National Ferris Wheel Day, I'd like to close with a quote from Franklin P. Jones, who wrote, Love doesn't make the world go round. Love is what makes the ride worthwhile. Join us next week. Our show is sponsored by the Aging and Long-Term Services Department of New Mexico. You can contact that department by calling 1-800-432-2080 or online at www.aging.nm.gov. Our original music is written by New Mexico's own Lydia Clark. Join us next week on your favorite streaming platform. Till then, remember to reconnect, recommit, and rewire. We've got information and inspiration. You've got all that imagination. So let's...